Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to the Horror Hangout Podcast, where two bit of film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time. My name is Luke Yet Condor, and I'm joined by my regular co-host, Mr. Uh, it's Mr. Ben Errington. I had to remember my second name then. How's it going? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's certainly going. Is it? How's it going? Yeah. It's going, it's going, it's going, it's gone! What's going? Time. Our lives are slipping through our fingers. Are they? Yeah, decades gone, years gone. Uh, where? It's all happening. Where, just, does, where does time go? Uh, down, the, down, down the pan. Down the pan. <laughs> down the pan. Yeah, down the pan. We'll be doing another decade list before you know it. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so uh, this is the podcast. Uh, what did we do last week? We did the, the, the decade list, now we're into a new decade. Let's start off with a film from last decade. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's the best way to do it. For all that, um have you seen any news? News from across the just the news at ten world. Yeah. Uh no. Uh, to be fair, a lot of the news that I usually take into myself I mean, it's probably not a good thing, but uh, a lot just of the news it, you usually peruse. A lot of the news I usually peruse um is stuff about uh Jews. <laughs> It's the only word I can think of to rhyme with that. Yeah. Interesting choice of word, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's usually, you know, film, game, music related, unless it, unless it makes me laugh. So mm. all that bloody serious stuff on the news, World War Three. Ah, oh, come on, give me a good, give me a good meme, give me a good meme that talks about our impending doom. I can get on board with that. You said nihilistic um, memes. Love a good nihilistic meme, don't you? Yeah. One that really makes you think. Yeah. Yeah. We're all. Uh, so my friend sent me this meme, this GIF, 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 whatever, however you pronounce it, that I've been, I can't get out of my mind. And it's a guy who, <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to describe this. So a guy's going to the toilet, he unzips it, and it's like a, a camera phone pointing down at his, his, the toilet. He unzips his pants, pulls out his penis, and then the whole the whole penis falls off and goes into the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> well that's the gift is it yeah it's just really short but whenever you go to the toilet it is you can't short. start thinking it's going to fall off what would you do if that happened would you just flush would, would you dip your hand in because, I'd go see you uh, later you've been you've oh well. given me enough trouble <laughs> oh well this again do? yeah yeah again. goodbye uh, yeah man so uh, to the news there's the Morbius trailer which is the Sony yeah. Sony Marvel Cinematic Avenue universe, like a, its own little cul-de-sac off of the main Marvel universe highway. Uh, oh, so it's got, definitely a cul-de-sac. It's a weird cul-de-sac because there was the Venom film that came out, and then the Spider-Man folks were like, "It is still part of the Marvel universe, but not really." Uh, and then this trailer has uh, Morbius, no Spider-Man related stuff, and at the end, it's apparently got, it's got Michael Keaton potentially being the Vulture, potentially being Birdman. <laughs> We don't. No, we don't yeah. know that. Potentially, I, I guarantee 
Well, I don't guarantee because you, you know I haven't I haven't got Guarantee's a clue. I can't be, can't be knocking out guarantees. I bet that vulture sequence is is either not in the film, it won't end up in the final cut, right? Or it will be in the film, and it will be just that and at that length. Yeah, and it won't be. It won't have anything to do with the. And it won't have anything to do with that. It will just be someone going, "Oh, it's a knowing wink, wink, I can't wink." Stand um, knowing yeah, winks. so no, I like the knowing wink. Uh, what, what am I doing? <laughs> They're much more. Uh, <laughs> they're much more. Um, yeah. There's also a bit, a bit of like Spider-Man graffiti in there. There's a bit where Morbius is like walking and running down the street, and there's a bit of Spider-Man graffiti, and I think it says "murderer" spray painted over him. What's strange is that the the Marvel that there's the Spider-Man image looks like is in the Sam Raimi costume, oh, okay. and it's like a hmm. weird sort of like render, which doesn't look like it's from any of the films. Hmm. Very strange choice to put in there. I wonder if it was there on set or whether it was kind of added in post. Very strange. Um, but yeah, this looks pretty much exactly the same vibe as Venom to the point where I'm pretty sure the font for the title is exactly the same. Mm. Even the same, it's made of the same chrome yeah. stuff. It, Morbius, I mean, is a very, is a great character, fascinating character. Loved him in the comics, loved him in the animated series. But is it a bit too left field for the, for the general audience? Uh, I mean, it's just a sort of a Dracula story, isn't it? So it can't be too, too far. I mean, did you remember the cartoon? In the cartoon, he mm. didn't bite people, and he didn't, he no. didn't, he didn't feed on blood. He fed on plasma, and he had like yeah. little suckers on that, his hands. Yeah, I do remember that. I remember there was an episode where Blade's trying to kill him, isn't there? With a laser sword. I mean, yeah, I mean that'd be cool. Imagine we and got a like motorbike that I mean, rides at walls. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if we got like. Blade introduced into the MCU, and I know Morbius was Sony, but you know, just forget that for a moment. If you got a film with like Blade and Morbius going head to head, and Spider Man was involved, I mean, can you just imagine? I love the Spider Man uh, animated TV show. You know the one that goes, wow, 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 wow. It's like the wow. Sp- Sp- <laughs> it's uh, Joe Perry who wrote that song, who did the theme tune. Is it? Yeah. Apparently, he did a few animated theme tunes. X Men. That's a good one. That's probably the the best one. No, that is good. But I kind of prefer the Spider Man one. Okay. I mean, let's just admit they're both fucking good. This film looks kind of crappy, cruddy. It kind of looks pretty much the same as Venom, but a bit more serious because Venom had a little bit of a sort of funny streak running through it. Jared Leto, like, I don't know. I don't know. I do like him, but. Mm. I don't know. It's I, I'm not I'm not too hyped for it. I kind of feel like yeah. There's a couple of shots where we see Morbius in his full vampy form, and he looks kind of kind of scary. But you know how gory yeah. can it get? Yeah. Um, I don't. Yeah. The special effects. The, the it's the same. The sort of it must be the same studio effects house that did the Venom stuff. It's like that overly CGI yeah. stuff that I just can't. It looks to be like exactly the same as Venom. It's like, yeah. you know, anti-hero is a good guy, but look, he's kind of a bad guy, but he's got a moral code. Um, but look, he's doing an experiment on himself. It was another experiment in a lab. Yeah. Um, you think you're trying to build up to a Sinister Six type film without Spider-Man in it? So well, possibly, Venom, yeah. Morbius, whoever, I don't know who else. Uh, um, Matt, hmm. Matt Smith is in this as well. The uh, Doctor Who guy, is his name Matt Smith? Matt yeah, something? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Matt Smith. I guarantee we'll get some sort of fight between Leto and Matt Smith where Matt Smith is some sort of vampire thing and Morbius is in his full vampire form and they'll go one-on-one in some sort of shiny CGI. Yeah, uh, it'd be that, that effect. It's like a, um, coloured ink in milk. You know what I mean? Like they sort of drop <laughs> it in and it's like... Yeah. And it would just be that flurries of that kind of wafting around each other. It'd be like watching two coloured farts have a scrap. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that might be the best um, description we could have hoped for. Yeah. I want it to be good. I like Morbius. I wanted Venom to be good. Didn't like it at all. So you know, get some. Someone needs to get a get a grip on what this this these series of films are going to be. <laughs> yeah, for God's um, sake. The other trailer that I haven't watched. Uh, because I probably was going to see it anyway. Is the Fantasy Island one? Andy shared it in the Facebook group. Yeah, yeah. I um, I don't know what the TV show was. I never watched it. I don't think. Is it sort um, of round the twist sort of thing? 
<laughs> I don't know if I'd explain it. So apparently this this one is only PG-13, this new version. So it's not like... Um, it's sort of like a fantasy drama series, wasn't it? Uh, you know that thing that goes Peggy... Peggy 18. Does he just not know how to pronounce PG? And why are they saying... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think it's something to do with something. It was... I don't know. It confused me. <laughs> um, but yeah, apparently it's only... Peggy, 18. Pan-European game information, it means. Okay. All right. Okay. Fair enough. You believe me. Yeah. So, yeah, I haven't, seen, I haven't watched this trailer ever, but I probably will because I like a trailer. Well, mm-hmm. I've heard some stuff about it. So, yeah, PG-13 horror elements. Why not? I'm probably not in a good position to say anything other than that because I don't really know what I'm dealing with. Sorry, mate. No, um, yeah, go on. There were, there were some more game trailers this week. So we saw uh, another Resident Evil 3 trailer, one that focused on Nemesis a little bit more, gave us a little bit of what the gameplay may look, may look like. Uh, it seems that Nemesis has got a rocket launcher. He's got uh, a fire... No, not a fire thrower. A flamethrower. Fire launcher. And a bullet launcher. Um, and a bullet launcher, <laughs> and he can grab you from from afar with his tentacly arms. Ooh, all right, um, so this looks pretty good. Is this the same POV as Resident Evil Two Remake? And again for the same. Yeah, so I mean, okay. it looks pretty much exactly the same. I think it's like the same engine. It's obviously a lot of Raccoon City they had already rendered in Resident Evil Two, so we're going to get some of that, I guess, in Resident Evil Three, and also like a loads of more new areas. But yeah, it looks. I'm so hyped for this. I, I played a bit of Resident Evil 3 on PS1 just a couple of weeks ago just to remember how good. And Nemesis is a a, a lovely constant threat. So yeah. we'd love to it'd be great to see how it transpires to PS4. And then we did also get a trailer for Doom Eternal um, with some more gameplay. Um, seen a lot more demons and beasties, and it looks suitably insane as the. As the previous release was, but it's coming out in March. So, Sounds and a good. few things that we're gonna, a few things that were gonna come out around about that time. So, like Cyberpunk 2077 has been delayed. So, a oh. little bit more time to play, play Doom in March, play Resident Evil 3 in April, and then wait a few months. Play lovely, isn't it? Yeah, I've got too many games to play. There's far too many. I'm at like shelf, digital shelf that I need to play. Um, and the only other thing I wanted to talk about really was um, the Oscars and the Oscar nominations and how we, how obviously horror has been overlooked in a year where we've had Us and Midsummer and, yeah. you know, a lot, a lot of other really good films. It's strange to see, obviously, I wouldn't expect some of these films to get nominated in, in major categories. Um, but the fact that like, they've received no, little to no um, nominations at all. I know Lupita Nyong'o's performance in Us has been sort of quoted a lot as saying that could have been a potentially um, nominated performance. But then in a lot of the other um, award uh, categories, so stuff like the Golden Globes and everything, like these films have been overlooked as well. So I wasn't expecting the Oscars to overlook it. I did see an interesting headline the other day which said, in regards to the Joker, it said, Mm. are the Oscars finally overlooking their comic book bias in the awards? And I thought, well, they've been doing that for a long time. Um, Black Panther got nominated last year. Spider Verse won. Yeah. Um, Heath Ledger was anything to get the clicks yeah. on there. On the so title. what I'm going to put to you is: should that should that um, story be changed for horror? Is is there an anti-horror bias oh, towards right, right, right. Okay. towards um, the uh, not just the, I don't think I'm not gonna, I'm not going to limit it to just the Academy Awards. I'm going to limit it to a lot of the mainstream well, awards. I know we mentioned we mentioned anti- it briefly last week anti-genre isn't it really i mean it's the same with any sort of higher brow sort of awards thing in, in literary fiction or um hmm. in cinema anything that's got the sort of a genre tag to it horror sci-fi uh yeah action action yeah it's only in yep. games where they enjoy more genre-based stuff i imagine uh, i don't know um I, i'd say yes yeah you're correct there is a bias there's so much like opportunity in this genre. I'm speaking about horror specifically mm. here for, for like performances that are absolutely insane and take so many risks and are completely different. Like just discussing Lupita Nyong'o's performance, the fact that she was playing two different characters in a completely different way. Um, yeah, that was, I mean, 
I don't think Us was a perfect film, but I think her performance stood out in that way. And it seems like in non-genre films, in order to get a Best Acting nomination, you kind of just have to be a bit... How can I put this without sounding like I'm completely slating everybody? <laughs> I don't know. Like You kind of just have to be... like The fact, for example, Margot Robbie got nominated um, for Bombshell, which I watched last week. And yeah. she's just, just being an actress... She's just being Margot Robbie in that, you know. There's nothing that stands out as me going, Jesus, wow, that was a great performance. Okay, well, that one, I yeah, don't, that does make me think t- a bit. Um, in terms of performances, I think there are things like in horror and in genre films where you've really got to step out of your comfort zone in order to deliver a, a memorable performance. Yeah, it's a weird one. I mean, I'm thinking of Natalie Portman won an Oscar for Black Swan. Of course. That but is... I- ideally, you wouldn't say that was... I mean, yes psychological yeah it does it kind of bridges the line it it has a foot in um the not horror genre enough for people to go that's just just see it as a good performance um so that that margot robbie thing with bombshell i've not seen it but i mm, i'm making assumptions uh, here i just don't imagine it'd be that good yeah i'm not trying again i'm not trying to slate these these awards awards or yeah, ceremonies because Jordan Jordan Peele won best original screenplay for Get Out great um, but only six movies have been nominated or that you could categorize as horror have been nominated for best picture in in ninety years of the Oscars so that's The Exorcist, Jaws, Silence of the Lambs, Sixth Sense, and Black Swan. They're good films. Oh, They're all right, films. aren't they? <laughs> yeah. And if you'd like to listen back to episodes, we've actually done episodes on The Exorcist, Jaws, and Black Swan. What was so, the other one you said there? Science of the Lambs and Sixth Sense. Oh, not the nose. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. We should do podcasts on those episodes. Yeah, but I was just wondering what listeners thought in regards to this thing, whether they think you can see it changing, whether the bloody horror genre is always going to be, always going to be the little picked on kid in class, never going to get what he deserves. Yeah, do you feel like that kind of that outsidership lures certain types of people into the genre though like yeah it's the same like metal music or uh sort of indie genre fiction like it it attracts a certain type of person who likes the fact that it's not mainstream yeah i agree it's just nice it's yeah. sometimes it's nice to for certain things you like to get recognition on the big stage but you know you want stuff that you bit, like to be liked by other people yeah no i liked it first <laughs> You yeah. like it? I liked it first. I like and it And then more when than everyone you. else likes it, you're like, nah, it's not that good, actually. I like this other thing. Yeah. I remember feeling like that about quite a lot of bands and musicians. What's that? Awful. Muse. First few albums were good, and then... Muse. Uh, I, remember I, seeing, right. I remember seeing Ed Sheeran in Bristol, and I had no idea where he was, and he headlined, like, Dot to Dot Festival, maybe, like, 2011 or 2012. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, he's pretty cool. Now, Jesus... Why? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just again. I'm yeah. just that guy. Well, yeah. are you like it, do you? Well, look at all his songs he's got. He got when? Yeah, we get that's a that's for a yeah. different, a completely different podcast episode. The horror of mainstream music. I don't think there is there is a thing, is there? Is a like a a horror film that sold out? Horror director that sold out. I don't think that happens. Well, I guess it's like the horror directors making comic book movies. James Wan making Aquaman. David yeah. Sandberg okay. making Shazam. Man, Shazman. In regards to um, in regards to comic book movies, I thought maybe we should also talk about the Doctor Strange sequel as well because we heard it was going to be um, a little bit horror tinged with Multiverse of Madness. I think we even discussed this fairly recently, didn't we? But um, Scott only Derrickson. only a few Scott Derrickson and the screenwriter have left. They've they left. Both have. Uh, yeah, good, both yeah, left. Yeah. Creating. Uh, I'm citing creative differences. What do you think that means for the future of this film? Do you think it's going to even be that scary? There's probably going to be like a couple of sequences where it's like, ah, oh yeah, great. <laughs> who are they going to get in as well? Because you know, yeah, it was it was very it was very upsetting when Edgar Wright left Ant Man, wasn't it? It was more upsetting because I enjoyed the Ant Man film, but and I and I could see all of the Edgar Wright isms in there, but they weren't. Yeah. Uh, polished Edgar to the Wright. point they weren't Edgar Wright enough like he could have 
I understood. I saw all the bits where I imagined Joe Cornish and Edgar Wright wrote those moments, uh, but it just felt like they didn't quite push it yeah, all the way into Joe that. Cornish as well. I yeah. completely forgot Joe Cornish was involved in that. I mean, yeah, it's hell. It's super disappointing because you think, why hire somebody like that if you don't want it to be like the kind of films they make? Well, they hired them quite early on, I think, uh, and before. Um, Scott Pilgrim, and which was a massive yeah. um, failure, comic book movie failure, uh, but like financially. So I imagine uh, that pretty came out, and they were like, "You can't have full, like, we have to rein you back mm. in a little bit because obviously you can't sell a huge movie like this." I don't know, but I mean, Edgar Wright is is going to be fine. I mean, people know him as a, tri- a true, like a tried and tested director now. Um, Joe Cornish, I think, is probably a little bit more on a precarious position because the kid who would be king didn't do too well, I don't think. Um, so he directed that, right? Yeah, wrote and directed it. And um, Attack of the Block was fantastic, but I don't think it has quite got the accolades or cultism that Hot Fuzz or Shaun the Dead or what even World's End have got. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's an interesting one. And Joe Cornish is great. He's a really great, witty cool person so i don't i wanted to make more stuff yeah he'll be all right yeah. sure uh yeah have you watched anything this week of note yeah i finished preacher season two have you seen cool. preacher season two at all not season two i saw i saw a couple of episodes of the first series and it's something that i would like to go back to yeah i think the first half of season two really hits the tone of what preacher should be it's insane really bloody really gory um, there's some like really kind of a uh, the the Saint of Killers character who's this cowboy from hell who's hunting him all down, really has a slasher vibe to him, and he really nailed that. Okay. Uh, but then like um, it seems like the, the second half they they start to play with what the characters should be. Um, some of it works, but then they kind of they take a lot of the bite out of the Saint Killers. They're, they're trying to do trying to give him some sort of humanity and i'm like he doesn't need any of that he's a he's a slasher character he's an elemental force he isn't he shouldn't be reasoned with in any way i don't it's weird um but it is a great season it's a great show it's not like watchman level of tv but it is a fun time Mm. and joseph gilgan's great all the way through oh yeah always uh is that it all you've seen really I think so. I don't think I've seen all that much. I need to go to the cinema to see 1917 soon. Um, I need to go watch my horror movies as well. Yeah, I've got a couple of horror movies down. Um, I don't know how good it's going to be, but I've I've got hold of that countdown. And oh, yeah. from watching the trailer, yeah. from watching the trailer, I was like, "That looks terrible." But yeah. I know that I'll, I know that I'll watch it just so I can hate it if it is terrible. Mm. Um, I've heard. The Grudge remake has not been getting very good reviews at all. It's yeah. been, apparently, it's a complete cop out. I've heard. Um, well, I almost said that about why well, everyone didn't like Wounds, including you. And I liked it. <laughs> yeah, everyone said that about, about Wounds, didn't they? And that turned out to be yeah, I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I did watch the first episode, well, the first two episodes of the Stephen King HBO adaptation of The Outsider. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, have you read that book? Yeah, yeah. It's good. Yeah. So it's like, so it basically such a great adaptation of the book. The first two episodes take, you know, and it's almost exactly the same pacing as the book. Um, one of those things, you know, when you watch it and you go, this is kind of how I imagined it. Or let me, it feels. Does episode one end with that well, dude? Careful. No spoilers. That guy. Uh... It ends with a moment you wouldn't <laughs> expect. It, well, episode two starts with a moment you wouldn't expect, if you remember right. A, a particular thing happens that you wouldn't expect. Anyway, uh, I would have thought that would have been episode, um, episode one, but okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, but we yeah. kind of like it's it's really it's really well done. Uh, ben Mendelsohn, uh, Jason Bateman, um, who else? The Bateman. The Bateman. Okay. We haven't seen the the um, the character Holly from. Uh, Mr. Mercedes, not Mr. Mercedes, um, Finders Keepers, yet. Um, I haven't seen played... the, Finders Keep- the, the Mr. Mercedes TV show. Is the Holly character in that? 
So the Harley character is in that, I believe. Is well, it going to be the either. same? Are they doing a not the same actress? Oh. Okay. So this this actress is played by the one who's just been nominated for um, to be an, an act to be best actress, <laughs> Cynthia Erivo. That's it. Um, so she's just been nominated for the best actor actress Oscar for Harriet, and she's going to play Holly. So she hasn't appeared in the show mm-hmm. yet after two episodes, but I'm sure she will soon. But yeah, it's a really cool. good Stephen King tinged miniseries, you know, just like a murder mystery with a, yeah. possibly a supernatural twist. Yeah, I really like it. Um, and the only other thing I've watched is what you mentioned, 1917, which I saw yesterday, which is pretty amazing. Um, good. The fact it's it's uh, it's shot to look like it's one long continuous take is really like it's great to watch. It feels like you're watching. I love one long a continuous take. Masterpiece. God of War. Yeah. You can Bird kind Man. of... Birdman. Birdman, of course, yeah. You can kind of work out where the, t- where the cuts may be. Yeah. And that's kind of like... But you don't get taken out of it by thinking, where are the bloody cuts? Come on. Yeah. It doesn't feel like that's a gimmick, you know? And it didn't feel like that with Birdman either, but it doesn't feel like that's a gimmick. Oh, so I like it. I love it. Birdman. Okay, and I love God of War. So I'm sure I love this. And I love War. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, anything else you've seen, man? You've been, you've been it. on it. You've been on it. Okay, Fair. I'll check out The Outsider. Was, um, Definitely. I've been reading a lot of comics, actually. I'll tell you that. I've I read, uh, been reading a lot of Grant Morrison comics, who I've never really got into. Back in the day, I was yeah. reading a lot of Alan Moore, Neil Gaiman, Peter Milligan, all these guys, but I never got into Grant Morrison. I don't know why. Um, and Duncan at work lent me a copy of Nameless, which is his horror comic. It's a single graphic novel volume, probably about eight issues or something like that. Uh, nameless and it's basically uh, Event Horizon uh, with some tarot occultism ah. style influence in there as well and it's, I recognise that cover it's a great cover um, and it's fantastically confusing and weird and great it's such a it's, it's a bit of a mindfuck but in the best way it's hmm. uh, Lovecraftian um in it, like they, oh, wow, so it's like yeah. these astronauts go to uh, there's like a it's Shibalba, it's the Mayan underworld, and it's this big asteroid. Um, and if they go to it in a spaceship, and they've got like a Steve Jobs sort of character, an occult uh, detective sort of guy, um, all these various characters who come together and they're you know go into this Shibalba uh, hmm. prison for some ancient cosmic deities. Um, and they're going to go in there and find out what's going on. Uh, and then all it gets very event horizon in in the sense of like, there's like flash panels of utter gross grotesquery. Like, you can just hear the screams as you read, as you see the panel. You know what I mean? Like, it's like a flash this, of color. And a, ah! <laughs> is this just a, um, a one off, pretty much? Just like one, one volume? Yeah, they, they won't be able to do any more. Um, and if you read any, if you read any Grant Morrison before and i've read a lot now i'm i'm beginning to understand what his style is uh which is kind of um you don't understand like you don't understand on the first read of what the hell is going on in the last few pages you have to go back and read things through and pick up little clues and go on reddit and like read um you know interpretations and stuff which is i know i think you're into that kind of thing um but yes i was because there's like tarot cards and you're like what does that mean is that linked to this and that um yeah it's it's uh now one of my favorite graphic novels so there is that <laughs> looks it, i mean just from look just from looking at some bits now it looks right on my street so it may have yeah, to be something i yeah. check out at some point yeah man uh cool. and that's it so other than that it was uh this uh, tonight's movie of choice which is uh in fabric yes have you got any information yeah. about it fabric so Yes, I do. So, In Fabric is a 2018 British horror comedy film written and directed by Peter Strickland, stars Marianne Jean-Baptiste, Hayley Squires, Leo Bill and Gwendolyn Christie. In Fabric is a haunting ghost story set against the backdrop of a busy winter sales period in a department store and follows the life of a cursed dress as it passes from person to person with devastating consequences. Cursed dress or cursed dress? Cursed dress. Uh... That cursed dress. I did not know it. It was billed as a comedy, horror comedy. 
I did not read it as such when watching it. It's I don't, I don't Wiki- understand. It's on Wikipedia. Yeah, okay. It's on Wikipedia, though, so, you know, I think sometimes... I was picking maybe up some comedy vibes. Comedy. I was picking up oh, some yeah. comedy vibes, but at the same time, I was like, "It's still a horror movie." But if it's if it sort of identifies as a comedy, I can probably enjoy it a bit more. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's a strange one. Um, okay, Rotten Tomatoes, ninety four percent critics reviews, ninety four percent audience, fifty percent. Letterboxd, three point four, six point three on IMDb. Uh, users are kind of not too keen. Uh, Critics are, I guess. Uh, it's um, it's a strange one. Definitely <laughs> a strange one. Uh, really, really strange. And initially, I was really unsure, but I think come the end, I was kind of, I was totally sold by it. But the fact that you know, certain elements of the story we don't really find out all that much about, and certain things about certain characters we don't find that that much about. The mystery sort of stays there, um, and you know. Essentially, a film about a killer dress could be totally ridiculous, but there's something about this film that I find really, really sort of enchanting. Maybe just because it was so strange. I was getting a lot of different vibes from... It's almost like set in a time period. I'm like, when is this set? Initially, yeah. I was like, well, it's set in like the 80s or something. And then I'm like, actually, no, it's modern day. Wait a minute. No, it can yeah. be because of this. So it's got it's it's a very strange sort of vibe. I was getting a lot of weird vibes from it. It reminded me of quite a lot of different films um ben wheatley vibes 100 percent um yeah so he, uh, so he is i believe a producer on this film um it's, but yeah ben wheatley by, vibes. Uh, well, rook films isn't it? that's his um that's his mm, production company yeah yeah so yeah i was getting ben wheatley vibes the whole way through and obviously especially considering last week's episode when we discussed kill list as our top horror film of last decade so yeah something about his style just really appeals to me not so much in some of his late some of his most recent offerings but i know it's not his style sorry i know it's peter strickland's style but the fact that i could sort of understand that style in it have you seen peter strickland's other movies like barbarian sound studio or i haven't no and i was looking a bit more into them just to see mm. so um barbarian sound uh, sound studio and the duke of burgundy is that another one yeah i haven't seen i haven't seen any of it this is my first peter strickland movie strictly yeah. speaking um, yeah. <laughs> Strickland so it's uh, you're right so the, the time period is a bit of a sort of unmoors you from what you know right from the get go um, it's about a woman who uh... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Down look, I guess. Uh, gets a dress, and, the, and it's got lots of European arts horror vibes to it. Lots of like um, the sound effects reminded me of uh, the Innocents. You know, it's just like they have that sort of plate delay echo sound where it's like a a, a thing, and they have like a wah, 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 sort of like a following like yeah. a delay noise. There was it. something very like Italian horror about it. A lot of Suspiria vibes. Yeah, especially with some of the colors. 
Um, I was thinking, yeah. in particular, the the guy. It went sort of Suspiria thing with the like the witches in it is that guy who like his face appears in like glass and stuff. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> there a... are some genuinely like I don't know if they're meant to be hilarious, but there were some bits where I was like, there was really a really hilarious up. bit actually. Yeah, yeah. I, I think because that. I was because yeah. so I watched I watched this with my girlfriend and we were kind of like obviously like making jokes throughout. Yeah. But still enjoying the film and seriously, but there was there was a certain few scenes where we were just cracking up, laughing, just just thinking, yeah. what on earth is going on? Uh, there's a yeah, we'll get into that obviously, but uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it not just for the fact that I enjoyed the style of the film and the content of the film, but there were the moments that really tickled me, kind mm. of like added to it for yeah. me. Didn't you know? Sometimes when you find bits funny in a horror film it kind of takes away from it and you don't take it so seriously but i kind of enjoyed it yeah uh i, I think i i really kind of enjoyed the first sort of half and then i started to grow a bit weary of it um i think the first half is incredibly strong and i think when it kind of like switches the, the pov I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I get it when it switches the main protagonist and we don't i don't necessarily feel like we get I'm not, I wasn't satisfied by the conclusion of, of, of what happened to the first protagonist. Mm. And by the time we get our second protagonist, I'm kind of, I mean, I still enjoyed it. I just wasn't as invested in him as I was in Marianne. John it's kind of like, it character. kind of goes from the main protagonist who, who is played by uh, Marianne Jean Baptiste. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that right? Jean so Baptiste? she was, so, she, so yeah. she was, she's been in a few things that we've sort of watched recently, right? So uh, what else? So she was in. Maybe I'm imagining actually. I thought she was in something we'd seen recently. Maybe, maybe I've got it wrong. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think maybe I've got it wrong. I think I've got it wrong. Okay, Carry so uh, Sheila Whitechapel, she's our main protagonist for uh, the first half of the movie. Uh, she's a down on her look, single mother, still has hopes to get back with her husband. I believe she works as a bank teller. In a company that seems to constantly pick up on anything that she does slightly wrong, uh, focuses mm. on that, doesn't focus on anything she does right. Oh man! But we've all we've all had a job like that, haven't we? We have, yeah. And so her, her bosses, annoying. yeah. Her bosses, Stash and Clive, are played by Julian Barrett um, of the Mighty Boosh and Steve Oram, who is in a few Ben Wheatley films, isn't he? He's in Sightseers. He also he was uh, in a film. I think he wrote and directed a film that was produced by Rook Films as well. Um, yeah, they, they're a great little uh, duo. I think Julian Barrett... I'm, <laughs> I think Julian, I, Julian Barrett's just great. I don't know in some ways he's not in more things. Like, he plays this yeah. note perfect. It's I weird. think he's got, like, uh, he's got some weird veneers on as well, doesn't he? Yeah. In his mouth. And just makes him a little bit more... Yeah, so they sort of pick up on a lot of things that um, Sheila does, sort of, like, clock it, go, go into the toilet... Um, not having like, a good they, enough they handshake. They say like Pete is flagged with us. Who they never really yeah. say who this Pete guy is. So Pete, it's yeah. just in case Pete sees they're like this random person who no one talks, no one knows. And they keep ref- yeah. keep referring to lunchtime as feed feeding time. Yeah. <laughs> before before we go out for feeding time, um, yeah, we notice you've taken the toilet break, which is a little bit longer than perhaps anybody else, and someone else has picked up on it. Yeah, it's weird. Like, there's so, there's sort of managers who think that by being your friend. They're going to manage you better. Like that's the end goal of of yeah. being your friend, not being the friend. Uh, yeah, th- yeah, great little combat. I like later on as well. There, um, we're we'll going to the washing machine stuff, but there's some weird stuff going on there as well. Um, Very weird stuff, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, uh, Sheila, uh, she's got a son who is who lives at home. He's an artist, and he is going out with. Uh, I sort of recognise this this woman, but she's um an older, not older, older, but older than him uh, a girl who's a bit of a femme fatale i think she had a course at one point She's this is like one of the weirdest weirdest roles oh it was certainly I, this was really <laughs> it was just so strange it was gwendolyn christie isn't it um oh yeah you know, yeah yeah it's yeah yeah so it's gwendolyn christie of, of game of thrones and captain phasma in what? star I wars i recognize it. and no, and she's like she is like almost unrecognizable because you know you usually see her with that like crop blonde hair. Yeah. Um, but she's sort of like got this shoulder length black bob, and she's she's like um. So if you say that Derek, not Derek, what's his name? His son, Vince. 
Vince. Where did I get Derek from? Uh, so Vince, his girlfriend, and her name's Gwen as well. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So she's sort of like, the if he's an artist, and she's sort of like his muse. Yeah. Where she's like posing for, for, for pictures and, you know, they're getting up to various sexual hijinks and it's a bit... And Sheila doesn't really like living in the same house as them because, you know, yeah, it's just a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah. Let's be down. Look, her husband, her ex-husband, she's found out is dating again. So yeah. she plans to treat herself. Uh, lots of um, shots randomly of magazine cutouts that kind of move in weird animated ways. Lens flares and mannequin dolls. Lots of adverts on TV. Just, just Some really weird, mannequins. like really bizarre adverts with like creepy mannequins and creepy I mean the people who work in this department store called um, Dentley and Soper are just like what did you say they were? They're like goth alien uh, they're you know what I mean? They don't don't, fashionistas like Romanians or something. They're all like Eastern European all dressed in black huge hair um, and they don't behave and they don't talk like human beings they remind they me a lot of the Suspiria uh, dance school teachers. Yeah, yeah. So there's so there is a character called Miss Luckmore, played by Fatma Mohammed, who is the sort of well, like I don't think she's the main one, but she's the one who who yeah. serves Sheila and helps her pick out this dress. And she doesn't actually. Se- there's no not one coherent sentence comes out of her mouth. Yeah, she speaks in riddle and rhyme and just is is very bizarre yeah um the she sells shoeless dress um do we get any kind of the timeline of this film is pretty insane do we get any kind of the weird stuff there's like um her she just climbed in a dumbwaiter at one like at one point for no yeah, reason she just gets in a dumbwaiter it's a lot more yeah she takes she takes her wig off she's, she's completely bold, yeah. bold underneath she's got a perfectly perfectly smooth dome yeah and then climbs in a dumbwaiter and rides it down we don't really know why um there's also a bit where they're doing some sort of witchcraftery on a mannequin they're kind of massaging (laughs) it and it's bleeding from its uh weirdly it's got pubes um and and then there's like (laughs) as they're massaging it they're the guy who's a sort of uh he's like the man yeah he's he's a weird looking gaunt uh, faux Christopher Lee Hammer Horror sort of looking guy, uh, and he like he's hiding. He's like looking. His face suddenly appears. That's a very Euro um, art horror type thing to have a face appearing glass, and he's like peering in, and he's obviously like pleasuring himself as as the massaging. Oh mannequin. yeah, it's, it's what, what gave that what ge- what gave that away that he was pleasuring himself? Was it the slow motion jizz flying oh, across yeah. the screen? That was like yogurt or something. It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it was like pain. Yeah, yeah. So they're doing it's like some sort of witchcraft, out. some sort of odd. <laughs> they they kind of treat the mannequins in the store as if like they're, you know, yeah. alive because yeah. they kind of like protect them and do various things. It's it is very very strange. Um, yeah. So Sheila goes on a date with her red dress. Um, so she's like, frequenting. Yeah, she's frequented like the lonely hearts things. Leave it, they're leaving messages for her. There was quite an interesting little thing. So we hear her um, answer my answer machine. Answer my phone. <laughs> answer <Yeah>. my phone. <laughs> answer my phone. <laughs> we hear her answer machine message like a few times throughout the film. And as things get progressively, you know, hmm. worse for her, her her answer. I was going to say again, the, her answer machine message gets more and more distressed. Did you yeah, notice that? I didn't notice that. That's an interesting de- detail there. Very interesting. Yeah. So the first time it's just like chirpy. Second time it's kind of a little bit, oh, all right. So third time she's like almost <laughs> in tears. Well, I mean, yeah. I love that. I thought that, I thought that yeah. was a great, a great sort of thing. Yeah. She goes, she goes on a date with Adonis who's basically like a personality vacuum, right? Yeah. He only answers in like yes and no's. Doesn't. Do you like well, fun? Yes. Uh, he just he just yeah, you can't get a conversation going with him. No, no. And yeah. he's he gives her like a rose that like he's squashed. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also, the wit- uh, the witchy people said Adonis will compliment you in this dress, but he never does. And then later on, when things are going to shit, one of them says to her, "He did compliment you, didn't you?" As if like that, as if she 
he'd broken the spell or or, or something mm. by not complimenting her in the dress. Yeah, it's weird. There's quite yeah. a few mentions of compliments. There's quite mm. a few mentions of you will get compliments and did you get compliments? Like they love mm. a compliment. Like they deal yeah, in compliments. Everyone does, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So after wearing the dress as well, she notices this like weird rash on her chest, which kind of looks like yeah, um, like a, a possible STD. But there's talk of you know, oh maybe it's the washing powder. Oh maybe it's this. So she, but she puts the dress in the washing machine while she's playing a game of a really tense game of Ludo with Gwen and Vince, where Gwen like knocks her piece off the board and there's yeah. like they're really really angry about it. Vince is like don't please. Yeah. She knocks a piece of the boarding. Yeah. But yeah. then the washing machine goes that utterly apeshit, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> so <laughs> the dress is, well, it's a, it must be a curse on the dress, but the washing machine basically rips itself away from the wall. The dress can't she be washed. She tries to unplug it. Yeah. Can't be washed, mate. Can't be washed. And then the, the washing machine, like, sort of cuts her arm as well, doesn't it? And it yeah. looks pretty gruesome. See, I was well into it around this point, this film. I was like, yeah. I don't know, there's, there's something kind of weird about it and it's still kind of horrifying but then the horrifying elements seem to dissipate which is fine I guess that's what the film is going for but I kind of wanted it to keep the horrifying element to it a bit more uh, yeah yeah all I uh, kept thinking is how do you how do you film like a washing machine going ape shit yeah what do you even have, do and have people put rocks in it yeah well that's what I was thinking you see like the videos we put bricks in them and stuff um, <laughs> yeah it's weird uh, because it looked like it was like dangerous and they were kind of trying to hold it down and stuff and it's pulling yeah. tiles off the wall if you've got like any fear about your washing machine breaking don't watch this film because there's at least three different machines that just get murked and there's a washing washer machine repairman as well uh, yeah yeah it's, a, it's, a, yeah it's an interesting choice to thematically <laughs> to have washing machines yeah. so prevalent throughout the film um yeah so um so what happens so it, the dress kind of take, goes to strangle um, Gwen at one point that night, even maybe. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's that. Mm, it might be that night, yeah. Um, yeah, so I think Gwen is Gwen and Vince are having sex, and there's a moment where the dress like appears above them, like floating above them, yeah, like this, <laughs> um, and then it sort of like goes right down onto Gwen's face, and she sort of screams. It's like she tries to suffocate her, but then like slinks out the room. There's a lot of bits where like the dress is like slinking across the floor, and I just imagine someone with a string pulling it along. Yeah, it's a scary. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah. I don't know what I mean, uh, Sheila goes on a date with another guy at some point. There's more creepy trailers. I think there's more creepiness mm-hmm. magazine stuff happening. I think she goes tries to take the dress back at one point but they won't take it i think it. she tries to take doesn't she try to take the dress back after date so she meets a new guy this guy called zach yeah. he's much more interesting and they go on a nicer date and then he she introduces him to vince then he stays over i think but then they go out on a walk and like a dog attacks sheila yeah and like rips the dress rips up the, yeah rips the dress up but then later on vince points out that the dress is fine and she's yeah. like, no, it was ripped to shreds. Oh, weird. It, it definitely got ripped to shreds. Yeah. Dress is fine. Turns out a dress is invincible. It's like Wolverine. Made of yep. made of Wolverines. Yeah. Made of Wolverine adamanti num. <laughs> um, okay, so when she takes the dress to uh, return it, there's a bit with the man like wrestling a woman <laughs> in the shop. Yeah. Like it's just a weird little yeah. cutaway. And he's like got her in like a, an arm today. bar or something. It's like she's a shoplifter or something, but it just pins her down. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So is it, around, is it around about now we kind of find out that this dress, um, we find out that the person who modeled this dress in the catalog was killed? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's just is that what we find out about? I think so, yeah. Uh, and then not long after that, um, we get maybe the most shocking part of the film where she's Sheila's driving uh, and then the dress appears in the middle of the road so she's right? driving to take so she's she does she tries to take the dress back and they sort of say don't want it um, yeah, then she tries to take the dress to a ch- tries to take the dress to a charity shop or she's driving there there's like store mannequins on the road right and yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then, then there's a store mannequin in, in the middle of the road and she crashes her car 
and it's when she crashes her car that we see the dress floating above yeah the car watching and she's got like so, a... I would have, I would have just I would have just smashed through those mannequins yeah, I wouldn't well, have just mannequin, tried to stop it? at any point it's just yeah. a bloody mannequin mate uh it's got like yeah. a giant hole in her side um and she dies in the middle of the road yeah so I wasn't expecting her to die I'll be honest um but mm-hmm. then I quite like the setup of the next story. It's a really good setup, yeah. It's a, a really unique way for us mm. to get the dress to another person who perhaps is an unknowing recipient of a haunted dress. Yeah. So it's a guy. But it does seem to skip. It does seem to skip in time. It does feel like we're in modern day now. Especially with the, yeah, the, the nature of the people here now. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. The aesthetic. The aesthetic of the one before was like maybe eighties. Uh, maybe late eighties, maybe early nineties. I'm not sure. Yeah. But the aesthetic of this is like it's the two thousands, or at the very least, you know, two thousand ten, ish. But we're never told. Yeah. Uh, so uh, they uh, there's a guy who's going on his stag do, uh, and then as a as a lark, all these other people like the <laughs> uh, the father-in-law and stuff, uh, they buy him this red dress from a charity shop, and he forces him to wear it, so he gets absolutely laddered. Um, and passes out outside a kebab shop and like vomits up. There's chunder yeah. guts all over the place, isn't there? Yeah, uh, we've all been there. How do you feel about how do you feel about that stag do? Get him in a bloody dress, mate. Come on, that you really humiliate him. I feel like all right, very English. Oh, when I think about like English, yeah. When I think about like English culture, that is that's up there. Like getting someone absolutely hammered and uh, making him. It's Ill. almost like. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they just want to emasculate you as much as possible. Yeah, they just want to go. What's it? You want to get punished? It's your stag do, is it? You're going to get married. We want to humiliate you. Like tying people up naked to a lamppost and stuff, and in Amsterdam, and yeah, massaging. Any stag do's, any stag do's I've been on, I feel like the stag has always been treated like like royalty. I mean, they've got nice and drunk, but they've always yeah. kind of been like it's a big set celebration. I feel like right, let's. Let's push him in a freezing cold lake. Yeah. Let's potentially out. kill him just before he gets married. You can't have anything yeah. good in your life. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's interesting. So this guy, this guy with the dress, his name is Reg Speaks. Um, he's a washing machine repairman. I recognize him from like bit parts and stuff. His name's Leo Bill. Commercials I recognize and him stuff, I reckon, like, as well. Adverts and stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So he, uh, he goes, nothing happens when he's out and, on the lash um and the next morning he wakes up he's got a killer hangover look his wife to be uh babs um, babs yep she washes it i think she tries it on they both get the same mark on their chest as well exactly the same place mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know this is so this no, is when sim- i started sim- to similar- out a little bit to be fair, perfectly honest. Yeah, because um, I kind of wanted I wanted a bit more of Sheila's story and the fact that we quickly switch. Yeah. The dress kills a bird, I think. There's like a canary bird. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it kills a bird. Um, he starts getting chastised by his boss for like minor indiscretions again. Like well, That's a common theme. Um, yeah. yeah, and his boss kind of just stares at him. I think his boss eats his card at one point. Yeah, his staff got ID card, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But he washed. He, um, and it's a weird. They wash the dress, and it it blows up the washing machine again. And him being a washing machine repairman, he goes to fix it himself with the staff tools or something, and the boss doesn't like that. Yeah. Um, so he gets the te- gets the can. You just wouldn't tell anyone, would you? You'd just do it and not tell anyone that you did it. There we go. Why does he no go to see Stash and? Um, um, he goes to see them about getting a loan, I believe. Right, so okay. I think yeah. he pretty much, I think he pretty much loses his job, isn't that right? Yeah, he yeah he's fired. Yeah. He gets fired from that job. Yeah. So um, he's basically he does. He's got a weird thing where when he reads out washing machine faults, yeah. people go into like a weird, trance. a weird trance where they're kind of like it seems like they're enjoying it. It's a bit like ASMR, where yeah. they're sort of getting those tingles and they're going, oh yeah. Well, he's talking to a woman at one point who I thought was going to try and seduce him, but. Yeah, no. that was a weird moment. Uh, and he explains his dream. Both um, Stash and Steve Oram, whatever his character's name is, um, and uh, Sheila explained the dream to them. And now this guy is explaining a dream to them. Uh, they seem to always sort of want to know about people's yeah. dreams. Um, he dreams that they she... call it a sleeping dream as well, don't they? They go, "I had a sleeping dream." Yeah, 
<laughs> uh, so they um, his dream is that Babs, his wife, gives birth to uh, <laughs> a little baby wearing the red dress, and he's outside. He he's screaming, but he's outside. Oh yeah, he's screaming because he thinks that's what she wants to hear or something. Um, yeah, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Um, and the people, the people who are around when she's giving birth, so like the doctors and stuff, are the people from the department store. Yeah, yeah. There's another weird thing. Sorry to go back to the department <laughs> store, but there's another weird thing where, like, people come in, they all queue outside, and it seems like it's happened in the middle of the night, where people queue outside and they yeah. all rush in when yeah. when the store opens, and and they're like doing like a spell dancing inside. They do this weird sort of spell dance where they're kind of like. They're kind of like gesturing for people to come in with these weird hand yeah. movements. Yeah, I mean, it is very, very odd, isn't it? Yeah, uh, and it only gets older, I think, around here. So uh, Babs takes to wearing the dress or she goes to go to the shop, goes to the store, and around this yep. time... So- Miss oh, Lutmore like, just basically tells her to leave. She obviously sees that she's got the dress on, yeah, and she basically says, "Right, you've got to leave because you, you know, you if you go if you go away and you come back wearing a different dress, that's fine." But she demands she leaves basically, and at the same time, Reg is at home watching these weird adverts on TV yeah. again, and he's slowly getting carbon monoxide poisoned because there was a moment earlier where the dress gets like put on top of the boiler, and then we see a flame change color. So obviously the the uh, yeah. Very weird. And then Babs has a moment where she's talking to Miss Lutmore about another dream she had where she's in the catalogue with all the dresses and she's oh, getting yeah. thinner and thinner Yeah, as the dresses get larger and larger and she turns into like a skeleton. So yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it's around then that a fight breaks out in the department store <laughs> and like chaos. It's really weird. Yeah. Uh, Two people get like into into a disagreement, don't they, about who was next in the queue? Yeah, and then they shove each other, and then they push each other, and then suddenly one of them like punches one in the in the face, and it just escalates from there. I don't know why everyone else starts to get involved as well. I think it's just one of these. A fight is it? Right, let's do it. If I was there with you, I might just punch you just to get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. and then it sort of it starts to kick out. Everyone's sort of going crazy. I can't remember what happens to Babs. Oh, she burns to death. Yeah, because the the yeah. So she basically gets locked in a changing room while there's a fi- fire burns. A fire starts where you know uh, something falls on like a two bar electric fire. See that? I mean that is something from the past. There is no way a two bar electric fire would be on full blast in a changing room in modern yeah. day. That's very strange. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so madness descends. The store's on fire. Um, Miss Lutmore goes upstairs and into that dumb waiter thing, and and goes down, goes down the floors, and then we sort of see Sheila and Reg and Babs, who are obviously all dead. Yeah, they're like weaving the dress. Like in yeah, yeah, they're like stitching together the dress in Fred and Fred. Yeah. Um, in some sort so of limbo so hell, sort of yeah, yeah. A trap. They're trapped in eternal servitude to the dress and the store, and then yeah. And the final shot, obviously, we see the store destroyed and and burnt down, and a fireman finds the dress completely undamaged amongst the rubble, and he thinks this would be great for my stag do on the weekend. <laughs> yeah, it's it is a weird film. It's pretty cool though. Um, Okay, trivia for this was very hard to come by. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was almost non-existent. But uh, let's uh, let's see how you do. Uh, number one, in the catalogue, the colour of the dress is listed as something red. Do you know what kind of red? Is it some? Is it something completely weird, or is it not that weird? Really. Red. So, yeah, sort of. Scarlet weird. red. Bit weirder than that. Bit weirder than that. Um, the blood of the blood. Oh, is it something to do with blood? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blood red. Blood red. Yeah, it's sort of artery red. Oh, yeah, ah. it's quite a cool little term. 
wow. so that's about all the trivia, proper trivia questions I could find. Here's some more. Executive okay. produced by <laughs> someone that rhymes with Ken Creakley. Ben Wheatley? Yes, correct. <laughs> <laughs> Does that rhyme? Uh, half rhyme. Uh, number three. Um, yeah. Wait, how many questions do I have left? Uh, so you've, this is number three, should be, yeah. Uh, no, I have zero questions left, was the correct answer. Oh, oh right. Okay, I thought you were genuinely <laughs> asking me. Well, that was, the, that, was the, that was the setup. Well, uh, okay. So, 10, out of 10, 10 out of 10 for effort. Mate, that was... You, you drive us into the questions <laughs> for that film. Um, that was difficult. I thought the Archery Red one was good. The Ken Creakley one was yeah, a bit half. Yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, we need to um, rate the film. I kind of thought, and I don't know if you agree, you agree yeah. with this, so I'll just go, go back. The, Miss Luckmore... Looks so much like the main actress in Suspiria, the original Suspiria. Uh, yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. I, I was like, she look. I was like, it can't be her because she looks the same age or a little bit older. But she looks so much like um, what's her name? She's in the Suspiria remake, isn't she? Jessica Jessica Harper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They must have gone for that. I, guess. I mean, yeah. Looking at Jessica Harper, she looks now. No, she doesn't look like her. But in this film, I was like, she looks like. Very strange. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe that's what gave us the Superior vibes even more so. Yeah. I uh, am quite interested to hear how you're going to rate this one. I'm not sure how I'm going to rate it. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I really liked it. As I said, it's a very strange one. I like the strange, I like the strange stuff. Um, and it gave me Ben Wheatley vibes, who I love. It gave me Talent Horror vibes, Superior vibes. Um, I wasn't I a bit completely sold on the second well. half. Just a teeny tiny. It's like if Garth Marenghi yeah. was made well, <laughs> like not like. I think maybe though. because it's got comedy actors in it as well, it feels a bit yeah, yeah, familiar. It feels. I mean, it feels distinctly British, even though I said about the Italian horror stuff. It's, it feels very British. Yeah. Um, but yeah, even though I wasn't entirely sold in the second half, I think I enjoyed the first half enough that this really did hit home for me. So I'll probably give it a B plus. I think. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I um I was really enjoying the first half and I kind of felt like it took a dip a little bit. Um I wasn't keen on the story arc of the Reg character. He just seems to die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although there's there's lots of stuff in this yeah. film to like though. Um but yeah, he just seems to die. It just seems to fizzle out. I don't know really know what the point of him was really. Um it just seemed like a ploy to have interesting bits about him about the dream, the washing machine hypnotism talk uh but i don't know if his character had too much of a uh like a compared to sheila i feel like there was more tragedy or there's something there was something more to sheila's story um but yeah i thought it was good i think um yeah. i always enjoy a weird movie and i enjoy all the little weird touches and euro horror touches and the uh like you said the, the englishness i feel quite proud uh for some reason I take an element of pride in this film. Uh, and I'm going to give it a, a B minus. Yeah. There we go. Pretty high. Uh, this might be one that kind of grows on me as well because it might develop into being even more of a favourite. But yeah, I like it. Got some got some really weird stuff in the soundtrack as well that I've been listening to. So Cool. I need to check that out as well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so next week, did we decide on what we're going to do? I think we had a plan. Think, oh, underwater. I think we did have a plan. Yeah, so under underwater is out, but I think that's not out in the UK yeah. until I think so. Maybe we've got another episode and then underwater. Okay. So the UK the UK release of underwater is twenty third of Jan. Okay. So it's we not out for could, a week yet. So I mean, we could do that, or we could do something between now and then. So we do, I guess uh, we'll decide. Yeah, we'll talk about it in a sec. Uh, right. Okay. Uh, so um, thanks for listening. Uh, I could do like rewriting these outro bits, give them a bit fresh juice. We've got a patron over at patreon.com forward slash Hawk and Cleaver. Thanks to Kovac Cowman for our theme music. Thanks to ACAST for hosting the show. Thanks to the listeners who enjoyed the show. Please consider subscribing and reviewing and going over to Facebook and joining the Facebook group. Lots of cool people in the group at the minute. Oh, we didn't mention Ben's t shirt, other Ben's t shirt. Ben's oh, yeah, gave of course. his. Uh, got himself a t-shirt that says uh did he make it himself or did he he must have had it printed himself because this t-shirt can't exist 
outside of it definitely doesn't exist, Luke. No. <laughs> I'm sure it did. Well, if it did, I'd be completely surprised. But <laughs> so it says Congo, the 1995 action adventure horror film. That's what it says on the front, and on the back it says that's a horror film. And obviously, this has pleased Andy Conduit Turner no end. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's even made us have a conversation. We're saying, well, we kind of got to review it on this podcast now. Yeah, we've got to. Yeah, because it's a horror film, so we have to. Uh, okay, so uh, thanks to my co-host Ben for being right, our dude. Thanks very much, Luke. As always. We'll see you soon. Bye. 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 See you soon. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.